This episode of the Dr. E Show is brought to you by the six-week super wellness program. Join us for a fun and empowering six-week guided journey to supercharge your energy, upgrade your life, and become your own best healer. Visit superwellness.com slash events for more information. And now, please enjoy the show. How do you see yourself and or the people in your circle of influence progressing over the next five, 10 years? I want to bring that back. Hmm. Well, my, my vision is that this kind of conversation that you and I are having will become the norm in our society. Hmm. This depth, this kind of richness of our experience of life will just be normal. That everybody has full access to the spiritual dimension. Everybody has the tools and strategies and the confidence to tap into their mind mastery, their emotional intelligence, and their physical intelligence. That I want that to be much more of the norm. Hello, this is Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Welcome to The Dr. E Show, a show exploring the frontiers of our human possibilities in areas like health and wellness, science and spirituality, quantum biology, and conscious living, so that together we can awaken the best of ourselves and create our most joyful and fulfilling lives. Recently, I had the great honor of being featured on Steve Jordan's I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. Steve is a world-class celebrity fitness coach with a very impressive background and a beautiful holistic mind-body-spirit approach to his work. Not only does he have the brains and the brawn, but as you'll see in this conversation, so much heart and soul too. I had a ton of fun chatting with him, so we thought you might enjoy joining us for this conversation too. So without further ado, please enjoy. Upgrade your life, change the world, experience the next level of human possibilities. Hello, Dr. Edith Chan. Welcome to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm excited to dive deep into this. How are you today? I'm great, Steve. I love what you do. I love your mission. I love your vision. I love that you're all about helping people heal deeply from the inside out, empowering them with self-care tools that are really accessible for everybody. And it's totally the same mission that I'm on. It's really an honor to have this conversation with you. Uh, fantastic. Well, the feelings are mutual. I'm excited to get into this. So upgrade your life, change the world, experience the next level of human possibilities. This sounds outstanding. What does it really mean? Well, you know, I've come to see, I'll just start with a story that kind of turned my world upside down because in 2003, I was still in Chinese medicine school. I had re recently quit a successful budding software career where I was well paid. My Chinese immigrant parents were super proud of me because I had quote unquote made it. You know, I graduated with this applied math degree from Harvard. I had a good software job. I was stable. I was out of the house. They were so proud that all their life's work bringing my sister and I to United States, hardworking immigrant ethics. Finally, we made it. And then I announced that I wanted to quit everything and go become a hippie healer. <laughs> you can imagine how um, that was received by all my family. But you know, at the end of the day, I think all parents, they just love their kids. You want your kids to be healthy and safe. And so all of their worries and concerns were well-founded because back in those days, it was like the average Chinese medicine practitioner could not make ends meet. You know, back in 2001, 2003, it was like the average practitioner was making maybe $30,000, $35,000 a year. You know, that was quite a pay cut from a successful software career. So I had just changed my career. I thought, okay, even if I don't, start a successful career as a Chinese medicine healer, at least I'll know something about self-care and self-healing. Maybe I'll learn something that is really helpful for my family long-term, and I can always go back to software if it didn't work out. Well, in Chinese medicine school, it's part of the curriculum to study Qigong meditation. Do you know about Qigong? I do. I have dabbled with it. I won't say that I've done it in a form that I would consider myself 
rehearsed in it or practiced in it, but I think it's, it's awesome. I actually learned it from one of my practitioners, mentors, friends, Dr. Paul Check, uh, or yes. Paul Check, uh, a yes. doctor. He's not a doctor, but he's almost like a doctor. Yes. Uh, he's a, a holistic practitioner uh, from San Diego who I've been studying yes. for almost 17 years. So I love his stuff, and he does that. And he's very big into that now. Awesome. Yeah, I, I know only a little bit about Paul Check, but what I see of his work, huge fan. You know, yeah. I love that he takes a very holistic mind, body, spirit approach. And yeah, so back to the story. I'm in the middle of Chinese medicine school. I'm in a Qigong class. And I had been trying to meditate for years unsuccessfully. I don't know if the listeners out there try to meditate and you have this problem with your monkey mind. And, it's a, you know, the guided meditation says to watch your thoughts come and go like clouds and just let them go. I could never do that. It was just crazy making until I explored Qigong. So Qigong is the Chinese medicine tradition of meditation that is always three-pronged. The first is a very specific conscious breathing technique. The second is a conscious guiding of the energy flow in a specific direction within your body. And the third is either movement or posture. So if it has all three of these elements together, it's considered Qigong. Qigong's been around for thousands of years. So as you imagine, you know, however many trillions of people have practiced it, that there are many different schools of thoughts and different systems. But what I was thinking- What does Qigong mean? What is Qigong the- literally means working with your chi. Ah. It's a very broad term, right? Yes. Like you can say that just you can do walking Qigong. You can do Qigong washing of dishes, right? You're just conscious of the energy flow in whatever activity that you're doing. Mm. So I'm in this Qigong class and the teacher is guiding us through this very specific practice that is considered a third eye opening practice. And I always had wonderful Qigong practices because it finally allowed me with this conscious breathing and conscious intention of guiding your energy flow and the conscious movements or postures or mudras, it anchored my monkey mind finally. And so I was able to drop in deeply into these very peaceful and serene states. But on this particular day, something crazy happened that nothing could have prepared me for. So one moment I'm listening to this guided meditation, following this visualization of opening the third eye, And then the next moment, I bursted into trillions of pieces of love and light. Wow, beautiful. I just experienced myself the size of the entire cosmos. The feeling was just this intense, unconditional love and fulfillment and contentment is a better word. It was like there was no more need. There was just completeness one with the size of all of creation Hmm. you know it's hard to find words to describe an experience like that right but i think the listeners can can get a sense of what an incredible gift to be gifted an experience like this and so i'm experiencing myself as trillions of pieces of love and light that simultaneously there were no questions and all answers were available And if I were to summarize it, it would be this feeling of coming home. Like I just knew that this is actually our natural state, this state of complete well-being and contentment and unconditional love and absolutely no lack, absolutely no need. I knew that I was home and this is our natural state. And then I don't know how much time elapsed, but... The teacher, I heard her voice guiding from a very far distance onto another part of the meditation. And the thought came, oh yeah, I have a body. I should go back. And it was the most intense experience of trying to squeeze trillions of pieces of love and light back into the small physical form. It felt utterly ridiculous. Once you remember yourself as the size of the entire cosmos to pretend to be the small human again, the only thing that could happen was just bursting avalanches of tears came out. 
just sobbing and sobbing, recognizing so much gratitude for having had that experience and also, honestly, so much sorrow and grief that I had forgotten that that's who we all are. And after that experience, it was like, I just started looking at the world with completely different eyes, you know? I started questioning everything. I started just seeing all the BS that have been fed to us in our upbringing, in our education, so many things that we've been told that just seem totally backwards and upside down. And my intuition skyrocketed. And it's almost like I, my body became a, can I say bullshit? Yes. My body became like a bullshit meter that I would feel viscerally off if I'm told something that's not in harmony with that state of well-being and love and goodness that I had experienced from that Qigong meditation. Anything that was not in harmony with that state just didn't feel right. So it turned me into a seeker. That was the gift. I, it was almost like a dark night of the soul because I was very confused because I started seeing all the BS of our world that everything is backwards and upside down, but it turned me into a seeker that read thousands of books, travel around the world, studying with different teachers and masters and going into deep prolonged meditations and realizing that the world, what the world has told us make us happy, healthy and well is not what's going to work for me at the very least and maybe for other people. You know, I saw a lot of people that were wildly successful by the world standards, but they were not joyful and fulfilled. They were not aligned. You know, so I just became a seeker, questioning everything. And after, you know, reading thousands of books, attending so many seminars, going deep into prolonged states of meditations, I graduated from Chinese medicine school and kept searching. And gradually now, 15, 16, 17 years later, all of that got distilled into my book, Super Wellness, which is camouflage. I think your audience is really smart, so you guys can see through the camouflage quickly. It's camouflage as a wellness book, but really is a book about reclaiming who we really are on a deep level and allowing us to access the, the full power the full state of love and joy and well-being from the inside out and allowing what the world says is health and wellness, those are actually superficial side effects of something much deeper. So that's what super wellness is all about. I love it. It's outstanding. And I actually had almost tears come to my eyes when you were expressing this. I could sense, I could sense your, your tonality and the passion and the love, the light in which that you shared and expressed and felt during that experience and still to this day. I can't imagine what it must have felt like to have to go back to the real world. I've had enlightening experiences as well. And when I go back to the real world, and it could be as simple as just a couple of weeks ago, I went on vacation with my wife and we were in the mountains with my dog and it was a beautiful, blissful, like, you know, air was pure, the love was great, the energy was fantastic, there was no burden, no clients, no calls, like disconnected from technology. It was just about the three of us being together and in harmony with nature. Like I came back and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. So I can't, and that was such a small, like, I mean, again, I don't want to de, I don't want to minimize what I experienced, um, but magnifying what you went through, I can't imagine what it must felt like. So how did you, how did you, because a lot of people go through these experiences to a minor or greater degree. How do you, how do you transition in without going insane or just saying, you know, fuck it all. I want to just go quit and do just like follow my heart, follow the light, follow the love, but that doesn't necessarily pay the bills. Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's something that um, I still am working on finding that balance you know now i'm a mom and you know running a couple businesses and i want to be also practical two feet on the earth what i discovered is in those early days after that initial experience i would go back to meditation and qigong practices almost to escape the stress and harshness of our day-to-day -day life i think listeners can probably relate to that right a lot of us feel so much ongoing chronic pressures from the hecticness of our urban lives. We're on call all the time. We've got the notifications dinging at us. We're, our energy is so stressed out and frazzled all the time. We just want to screw it all and, and you know, go live in the mountain. But what I discovered through 
repeated meditation retreats is that I kept getting the guidance, you're here for a reason. You have a body for a reason. And actually in Chinese Qigong practice, they talk about how the human is the bridge between heaven and earth. And when you drop deeply into what that means, it means that you are very important, that you serve a very important purpose of transmuting all of that spiritual insights, that state of beingness into the practical day-to-day -day realities of life. That in essence, that might be just all of our life's purposes. We're here to discover how we can manifest our own unique piece of that spiritual reality into the physical reality. Yeah. And taking beautiful care of our physical health is a deeply spiritual practice also, that these things aren't separated. And taking care of our business and being a good husband, wife, daughter, sister, in my case, mother, you know, being, being, um, being a business owner that runs your business in the state of integrity and kindness and love, that's actually what we're here to do. That, that these worlds, our job is to not separate them, but to figure out how we can integrate these worlds back together in the way that feels deeply resonant for each of us. Mm. You know, so it took me personally a long time, quite a few years before I started seeing that my meditation practice or my prayer practice, these things don't have to be some kind of an escape from the harsh realities of life. These this is where I draw my fuel from, my inspiration to inform how I can live in the physical world in a better way that's within my integrity, you know? Because I think everybody listening could agree that there's a lot of things that are messed up on this planet right now. And we need all of us, instead of running away from those problems, to encounter them full on and to breathe a different love and inspiration into these problems that's facing our society right now. We need many more people that are engaged in this kind of activism. And I think true activism, why the tagline is change the world, upgrade your life, is, is that actually the best form of activism is not being out there preaching to everybody. It's just you living your life as an example of something beautiful. Like really each of us turning our lives into a beautiful masterpiece as an example of what's possible. And everybody has a different path, but you giving yourself to live your life on your path in the most beautiful way possible inspires everybody else to do the same thing, you know? And that is the best form of social activism, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to that old saying, you, you know, keep your side of the street clean or, you know, self-love, right? You have to love yourself before you can love others or create a difference or an influence in the world. And that is really what this podcast is about. I am healthy and fit is not to say that Steve Jordan is healthy and fit. And I want the world to know that it's an incantation, a mantra that my listeners and people that I've been able to work with over the past 20 years work within to work without and be better not just in their own health and fitness, but to be better mothers, fathers, you know, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, and, and all of that, uh, in employees, employers, to do the world of service, to be of better service, to be of greatness so that we can make the world a better place. And like you said, the world is, you know, it is different. And I don't know if it's much different than it was, right? I mean, it definitely is different. Things have to change. But we can see more today with the influx of social media, like the world is flat. We can access world news and events that happens like in seconds where before maybe 10 years ago, we didn't know what happened in Sri Lanka. We, you know, many people didn't even know what Sri Lanka was, right? If it was a country, a state or whatever. Um, so I think there's, you know, change has to happen and we got to change from the inside out. Now, you you have a, a very seasoned and uh, regarded history. Uh, you're a Harvard graduate, which, you know, I, I arguably to say the best university in the world, probably next to Oxford. Uh, you're one of 300 high-performance coaches in the world. Uh, you're a certified holistic medical doctor with over 15 years of experience. You're a former NCAA Division I rower at Harvard, a former triathlete, and now a mother. 
How do you manage and balance it all? We talked a little bit about this before you know, we, we got on camera. I mean, you, if you've, all of this, at one point in your life, you had to have balance and focus. How do you create balance and focus in your life today? Well, I don't want to claim like I've figured it all out. I think we're all on the same path. Every listener, we're all in it together. We're all trying to do our best, right? We all want to be great mothers, great business people, great community leaders, and, and um, great practitioners in whatever profession we're in. Um, so I'm no different than you. I would say the big game changer for me is realizing that this whole idea of work-life balance is actually also a bunch of BS. Mm. <laughs> that actually what's worked for me is to realize that my work and my life is all one holistic flow of energy and that, that I use motherhood to inspire me to become a better medical practitioner because it inspires me like, Oh, what are those like fun hacks that in my self care, because being a mother made me so much busier. Sometimes I think, Oh my God, what did I do with my life before motherhood? I had so much time back then. I should have been more efficient, but you know, sometimes you life has to throw you some curveballs for you to learn how to live in a better way. And I would say being a mother really streamlined my self-care in a whole different level where I've learned so much more how to define those easy, best bang for the buck self-care tools. And that's been synthesized in my book, Super Wellness also, and use that to inspire how I coach and work with my clients and also meet them with understanding, not to be so hard on myself, to be kinder to ourselves, to know that there's, we got to be realistic too, right? Like I used to go on as a triathlete training for Ironman, I would go for a six hour bike ride. Now, honestly, I don't want to take six hours away from my boy. That, that's a level of, of sacrifice I'm just not willing to do. So I've decided that, that being an Ironman triathlete isn't in harmony with the kind of motherhood that I want to have, right? So it's just allowing my fitness to support. I, I actually, I just came back from an epic workout with my trainer. He's awesome. The way that he designs my training workouts is based on what my life goals are. And... And so I'll tell him, you know, I have to carry groceries like that. I've, I've got a toddler that's wiggly here. And he does these kettlebell suitcase carries and these different exercises that are progressions so that I can be athletic with my boy, tumble around with him, climb in the climbing gym with him. And my pride last week, this just happened last week, was that my little boy leaped across the room, jumped on my back. And I've had a previous back injury, so I got, oh no, I think I've just strained my back. And because I've been training with this trainer to be a stronger, fitter mother, I noticed that reflexively, I bring into my diaphragm, I pressurize my core the way that you might right before a deadlift, right? I just reflexively did that. The boy leapt at me and I just stood up absolutely no injury. I was in this awkward position leaning forward to pick up a toy so it was not good biomechanics. And then imagine a 45 pound four-year-old boy leaping across the room jumping on you. You would think that I would definitely injure myself, but I didn't. That proved to me that fitness is about supporting your life. You know, my self-care is about supporting me and having the most functional, joyful, and adaptive life. And likewise, everything that I do professionally, I design my work hours and all the webinars and teachings and my writing projects, all of that is designed in such a way that it's customized around my boy's homeschooling schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, so allowing all of these things to flow and support and synergize with one another instead of feeling like they have to compete with each other. Mm -hmm. So you're more proactive and plan rather than being reactive to the situations. I would say, well, you know, in my book, one of the early discussions we have is, is, you know, what is the definition of health to each of us? That one of the things that have gotten our society off kilter is that, for example, conventional medicine, and I doubt that most of your listeners probably aren't that conventional in their thinking, but conventional medicine either doesn't have a definition of health 
or it would define health as the absence of illness or disease or symptoms. And that's a really rich discussion that I often have with my students when they take my six week super wellness course. It's like, let's start with that. You know, let's decide that we're the boss and CEO of our own lives, which means we need to have clarity about what our own definitions of success and health and happiness. We gotta start with clarifying these things. So when it comes to health, a lot of times the rich discussion unfolds into actually health isn't even about the absence of illness or, or disease or injury. It's more like my ability to adapt to the stressors of life, to learn and grow from the stressors of life, and to integrate on all levels, body, mind, emotions, and spirit, and to take this holistic understanding that I can achieve well-being on all levels. And so when you approach life with that vantage point, that if health for you also means your ability to adapt and grow and learn from all the situations of life, then you start to strategize differently. Your priorities, your tools, your tactics, your self-care tools are aligned in a different way, right? So for me, my training with my personal trainer is also aligned to I want to be really adaptive to life. So even when we do a deadlift exercise, he would have me use different stands and different grips to kind of like support me in being as well-rounded as possible. Because in motherhood, I'm picking up toys and I'm getting groceries, I'm running after the toddler. I need to be agile and adaptive in many different situations. And so that changes how you would approach your health and your fitness regimen. Yeah, they call it functional training. Right. Yes. It's a buzzword. It's been around for over a decade or so. It's been thrown around and written about, discussed. And that's exactly what you're doing. That's fantastic. I love to hear that. Um, maybe we'll have your trainer on this podcast in the future. I'd love to connect. He's awesome. You would love him. He would love you. Yeah. Great. So you're in, in researching and, and, and finding out more about you. Um, you are good friends with Wim Hof, a.k.a. the Heist Man. He's also yeah. written the foreword in your book, uh, yeah. Super Wellness. Uh, he's an extreme athlete and a Guinness Book of World Record holder who can withstand extreme cold temperatures using his mind, his breath, and his willpower. Yes. How is it being friends with him? How is it being connected with him? What is like someone – he's just so outrageous. I've heard him speak. I've seen him in uh, a live event. I was at a Tony Robbins event a couple of years ago in San Jose with like 11,000 people. And he was on stage doing his breathing techniques. It was an amazing like – unbelievable experience having 11,000 people doing his, the, you know, the Hoff method of breathing. Um, it's just incredible. How does it, and, and what I mean by asking, like, what is it like being friends or associated with someone like that? Does it add pressure to your life? Does it make you want to compete or within yourself and do more? Because it, it's not likely that, you know, not everybody can do what he can do, you know, that what makes him who he is. So I want to know what it's like. Well, um, I have an awesome, epic interview with him on, on my podcast that if you guys are curious, I'd love to share that with you guys. That yeah, kind that's, of, that's called the Dr. E Show. The Dr. E Show, yeah, because I couldn't figure out a more creative name like you have. But the Dr. E Show, if you just look up the Dr. E Show on all the platforms, you can find it easily. So a little story with Wim Hof is I, I first heard about him in 2012. And I thought, this guy is awesome. And I had been traveling around the world studying with different Qigong masters and yogis. And I'd had some really interesting kind of mind-blowing experiences of my own of different human possibilities in the state of meditation. And so I had considered myself an explorer of human possibilities already by the time I heard about Wim Hof. And then when I saw his TED Talk, I thought, I ought to meet this guy. So I reached out and figured out how to connect, and I invited him to the United States. This is in, now in 2013. I invited him to the United States to teach. At that time, he was not as famous as now, so we gathered a group of 50, 60 friends. That's like unheard of now. Now it's like auditoriums of thousands of people at a time. But at that time, it was just a very simple, very low-key. He stayed over my humble little home, and we just had fun, you know, cooking dinner, shooting the shit, and just... I have a story about him that I think really highlights what I love so much about him. At that time, my husband and I had just moved to the countryside. We decided to be minimalist, living in a very humble little cottage. 
an hour outside of San Francisco with an acre of land, very tiny cottage. We didn't have a guest bedroom. But I had a janky pull-out couch that had a busted up leg. I was like, I'm going to put, at that time, 21 times Guinness World Record holder, Wim Hof, on my janky pull-out couch. <laughs> and um, obviously, I was very embarrassed about it, but I didn't like have time to buy a better couch or anything. And I just, you know, he was so unassuming and so fun to have around. He was like, yeah, we'll eat whatever, drink whatever, go to sleep when we're tired. It was like super casual. So he completely just got rid of any stress or tension I had about having this amazing force of nature in my home. And the next morning he had woken up early and he had so beautifully and carefully folded up the couch the janky leg, he like shoved it back into his perfect position and perfectly folded every linen into a nice tidy stack. And he was outside doing garden work to help us like pick weeds and clean up the garden. I mean, this is the best house guest I have ever imagined. And it's Wim Hof and that is emblematic of so many things I've observed over time is that he's amazing on stage in terms of like his superhuman feats, his ability to inspire people and guide you through these breathwork states that are just insanely beautiful. But this is what I mean about bringing heaven on earth. It's just that he really has two feet on the ground in the practical day-to-day -day sense that over the course of these six years of our friendship, I just consistently see him as a human being of kindness and love and integrity that as his notoriety exploded, I've been just so blown away by the humility that he continues to bring and that even though he's a very busy guy, he always makes time for his friends, his family. And last year, my family went to stay at his home outside of Amsterdam. He has a new training center that's an hour outside of Amsterdam. And our, our children got to play together. And just like the way that he loves his, his garden, his little, he has these uh, a fish pond. He has chickens on his land and just how tender and loving he is to the land and to the animals that he caretakes for and to his family. You know, to me, that, that kind of consistency of humility and kindness and love, that is by far the biggest superpower of Wim Hof, I feel. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And I've heard, and I agree with you, I've never met him personally, but again, listened to him a lot, uh, read a lot and experienced him in some of those seminars. Um, his evolution to all this came from a personal breakdown when he lost his wife. Yes. Um, you know, and you know, that respect of life I, I sensed came from that loss. Um, and the respect that he now continues to live with uh, is even more compounded by what you just shared there. Um, I have a saying that I like to impart on my listeners, on my clients, everybody. It's one of my, one of the biggest lessons that I learned many years ago is called, it's a saying that says, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yes. So the way that you just shared, you know, Wim Hof is your guest in your home and the way that he tidied up and made, you know, his presence known in a very delicate and conscious way is the way that he practices and lives today. Um, I also am a big believer, of, you know, you are who you surround yourself with. So I'm going to say that you are, I'm sure, very similar in so many respects, although I don't know you. Uh, now getting to know you more, would like to know more about you and visit you, share with you and give to you and, you know, serve with you, uh, the universe and the world uh, to make it a better place. I, I want to just accommodate you, give you that to know that you are, I'm sure, of equal magnitude in your presence, your abilities to create that um, mindful, tactful, conscious awareness within yourself and with others around you. Thank you for that. Part of that is that I think um, after my experience in that Qigong, uh, we'll call it awakening experience back in 2003, I started just looking at what aspects of practical day-to-day -day life, how do I, we behave in a way that's in alignment with what I experience 
in that experience. And when I meet Wim Hof and I just see how he lives on a day-to-day -day basis, how kind he is in the way he treats people, that's where I could feel that deep resonance, like, ah, this is it. This is the way we can be. This is a beautiful example of a new kind of human possibility that we can be consistently good and kind and in our integrity in just the everyday transactions of life, right? We can bring a soulfulness back to these mon seemingly mundane everyday things that, that there can be a sacredness in all these ordinary things that we almost take for granted, but there's a much more beautiful way in which we can all live, I think. Certainly. I've been watching a show uh, on Netflix called The Strangest Rock, and it's narrated uh, and hosted by Will Smith, and it's about the origins of Earth and life on Earth. Um, it's miraculous in how we, we, you know, if you believe in that science of evolution, we, how we evolved from the solar system to what we are today and who we are and how we create and build and grow and transform. How do you see yourself and or your business and or the people in your circle of influence progressing over the next five, 10 years? It's like one of those interview questions that you get, like what, you know, that you always dreaded or you planned when you went into an interview, where do you see yourself in five years? I want to bring that back. Hmm. Well, I hope my, my vision is that this kind of conversation that you and I are having will become the norm in our society. Hmm. This, depth, this kind of richness of our experience of life will just be normal. That everybody has full access to the spiritual dimension. Everybody has the tools and strategies and the confidence to tap into their mind mastery, their emotional intelligence, and their physical intelligence that I want that to be much more of the norm. You know, part of why we're experimenting with homeschooling our child is that I think you probably agree, Steve, that our, our society has developed this strange education system that only trains us in the IQ department and in a very narrow band of the IQ department also, mm. you know? But the progressive schools talk about EQ, social emotional learning. But what about body intelligence. Mm -hmm. Unless you're an athlete growing up in school, unless you became a personal trainer by profession, the average norm of our society is that people really hardly even realize they have a body, a body that is powerful and adaptive and trainable and just full of magic and wonder and awesomeness. That people don't realize they have that power at all in our society is crazy. And then, so that's the body intelligence. What about energetic intelligence? That we don't have a, um, a feeling of, that we have the power to bring a different kind of energy that can uplift everybody around us. It's almost like, I, I'm sorry to be a little bit harsh, it's almost like now we know not to pollute because we don't wanna like throw trash into the oceans. We have awareness around that. But people are grumpy and they bring, not so good energy into situations they don't realize they have the power to change that because we don't have an energetic intelligence so unwittingly we're kind of like polluting the energy field walking around all grumpy all the time you know so there's body intelligence energetic intelligence intuitive intelligence we don't honor if somebody has an intuitive gut feeling or heart feeling about something that's not valued the way that oh like metrics and measurements and Excel spreadsheets and scientific knowledge that's valuable too. But we need to bring back a sense of balance that intuitive knowingness is also a superpower that every human being has access to. We just need to cultivate it. And then spiritual intelligence, how to take whatever your spirituality is, those those deep inner values, well, let's just call them deep inner human values, how to embody that and make that into the reality of life. We don't cultivate that as a society. So in five, 10 years, I hope that this awareness of all these dimensions of life become more of a social norm. And it doesn't have to sound so esoteric or woo woo. It's just called being a human, being a well-rounded, fully embodied human should have access to all these dimensions. I love it. So in your book, you start with a very provocative chapter titled, Why Eat Right and Exercise is Not Key. 
It's quite an attention grabber. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think we can all agree that diet and exercise is a factor, but it's not the end all and be all. And I bumped my head against the wall for a long time as a holistic practitioner, because here in the San Francisco Bay Area, most of my clients, if they come to holistic acupuncture type clinic, they're already eating organic, mostly eating healthy, not eating McDonald's all the time. And many of my patients and clients are already athletes, or at least they are, um, you know, wellness minded and do their yogas and Pilates and so on. And yet many times they come in already eating a really clean diet, already exercising regularly and struggling with chronic debilitating health conditions. And I have them chart their regimens, their workouts and their diet. And I could only find microscopic little tweaks to suggest. And I wasn't getting good results. So I got frustrated. Until one day I just thought, ta-da, what if it's not about their diet and exercise? And instantly the floodgate opens and you realize it's almost like so obvious it's too obvious. Like, of course, there's so many other factors that influence your health. But the game changer for me is that I started realizing that those things are maybe even more important than that diet and exercise. There are other factors in our lifestyle and our approach to life that if those things are really badly out of alignment, no amount of diet and exercise could make up for it. That's the thing. And so what are these things? Like, like chronic sleep deprivation, never going outside getting full spectrum natural light, not getting fresh air, not breathing properly, breath work, you know, anybody who follows Wim Hof knows the superpowers that are possible if you start working on your breath work. And there's other breath work methods out there too. Is the reason why Qigong and yogic sciences have so focused on breath work across millennia and um, physical contact with nature. Sleep or not asleep, immersion in complete darkness. So you bathe yourself in that melatonin bath all night long. And then combined with things like how's the person's life relationships? Do they hate their jobs? Like no amount of diet and exercise is going to make up for someone who wakes up every day hating their job, honestly. Or if they're engaged in a very unhealthy, toxic relationship, no amount of diet and exercise is going to undo the, the damage and the damage on a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level of being, feeling like you're stuck in a dead-end job or stuck in a toxic relationship. So we need to expand that conversation way beyond diet and exercise. And I've noticed that when these bigger picture things are back in alignment, as a side effect, people naturally eat healthier and exercise regularly because they just feel the lightness and joy and they want to move their body and they want to eat a healthier diet that fuels that awesome life that they love living, you know? So I, it's not that diet and exercise doesn't matter. It's just that it's such a small piece of the total pie that as a society, I want to encourage everybody to look far beyond. And case in point, there was this great study in 2016 from the UK where they looked at diet, this um, group of women eat either an anti-inflammatory diet or a pro-inflammatory diet. And they wanted to see how the blood markers of inflammation like C-reactive protein correlates with the diet relative to their stress levels. What do you think they found? That the ones on the, on the, uh, on the pro-anti-inflammatory diets were actually higher when they were increased with like with stress i mean that was the opposite it was a flip it was almost right? really good guess almost they found that for the women that this was all female subjects for the women that were reporting high levels of stress it didn't matter what they ate right yeah the stress was already increasing their inflammatory levels so eating the diet doesn't matter but for the ones that reported low levels of stress then the diet didn't modulate their inflammatory levels. So that's just one little study, but that points to the fact that our health is a synergy between many factors and maybe stress is way more primary and diet is secondary to stress levels when it comes to our health and well-being. Maybe. I actually had that as one of the questions, knowing that stress is the number one killer um, or cause of dis-ease, right? Uh, the, the malfunctions of our body's balance and homeostasis, what is your key ingredient or key recipe or practice to help reduce stress for yourself? And what would you promote to the listeners? 
Okay, so everybody, I'm sure, especially your listeners, know that that to really master our stress, we need to master our minds. The problem is when I would go to these personal growth workshops where people are doing deep inquiry practice to kind of break free from old patterns, old limiting beliefs, and so on, people weren't getting the results. And the ones that didn't get the results, I noticed, were the ones that looked really inflamed, like their bodies had a lot of toxins. So I had this big aha moment. I realized that all this work to clean up your eating and your lifestyle and so on, actually all of that serves ultimately to do the mental, emotional, spiritual work, that these levels aren't separated. So I would say ultimately what we all need to do is work on whatever tools and strategies and systems that allow us to journey into the, 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 the state of mind mastery. But to do that, there's a whole sequence of foundational things that really, really help. And so in my book, it, it's too long to go through the entire acronym H-E-A-L-T-H. The short version of the story is that we look at all those low-hanging fruit things that decrease the stress out of your system right from the get-go. Um, looking at how to nourish yourself with non-food nourishments like hugs and music and massage, all those easy things that you know makes you feel great quickly. And time in nature, getting sunshine during the day, sleeping properly in complete darkness at night, all those things that are completely free, you just need to do it. Give yourself the gift of some sunshine during the day, fresh air, some breathing practice, a daily gratitude practice, maybe all these really easy, best bang for the buck self-care tools that makes you feel great quickly. Then that takes the edge off of the stress. And then we also talk about a whole new science around hydration that is like they that they don't teach you anywhere in the medical textbooks. There's this new science about structured water and how water can be charged up like a rechargeable battery system. And that changes how water supports your cellular biology. There's a whole chapter on that in my book that I hope you guys will enjoy. Um, After all these things, then it gets your physiology into a grounded, stable enough place where you can go deeply within you have enough stillness within yourself to then do that really deeper work. So it's not that you can't do that mind mastery work without all of that foundation. It's just that it's way harder. So why make it harder on yourself? So my advice is first do the low hanging fruit things. Don't struggle unnecessarily. Make it easy for yourself. What are those simple self-care things that you know makes you feel great that you can do right away and it's totally free? Like take 10 deep breaths, like spend, spend some time outside in the sunshine, go hug a tree, tuck into bed an hour earlier. You know, those simple things, do those first, and then you'll have the extra bandwidth to do the mind mastery work, to do the deeper inner healing work that we all know we need to do. But sometimes life feels way too overwhelming to do that kind of work, right? So make it easy for yourself. I love it. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I know we can go on further. And these were outstanding uh, examples and shares about how you can become healthier and fit, have more mindfulness, awareness in your life for a better you, a better world. Um, And even just for an extra little bit more, like for, I don't know the price of your book, uh, Super Wellness, but it's whatever it's worth, whatever the price is, it's well worth it. And you guys got to go out and read it. Uh, It's going to change your life. I mean, Dr. Chan, you are an outstanding individual. I want to acknowledge you for who you are as a person in this world, first and foremost. Someone who's, who's shining through the darkness often we, that we experience on a daily basis, creating love and light from your experience and spreading it to the world and to your customers, your clients, the people that are reading and listening to you. Um, and for the, the respect that you have for your own self and for your, for your ability to find the knowledge that is worthy of sharing because there's so much information out there today that I believe is, is kind of nonsense. I mean, it doesn't necessarily make practical sense for somebody to use. You're really giving practical advice here for people to expand their life in ways that um, are easy, that are practical and are doable today. So guys do it. It's nothing that you can't do. You have to just put one foot in front of the other. Don't become overwhelmed get super wellness, connect with Dr. Chan, 
where can they connect with you on social media and check you out and follow you? I know you also do retreats. If you've got one coming up, please now's the time to promote it. Let us know, and I'll also include it in the show notes. Yeah, we do have a retreat coming up in July. It's the 4th of July weekend, which is going to be epic. And this is going to be, you know, 4th of July is about freedom and independence. And we're going to celebrate freedom and independence from all this crazy chronic stress that everybody's experiencing out there. And find a whole different level of inner clarity and peace and well-being that everybody wants. So that's going to be 4th of July weekend. And deserves. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, that's, I think, a really key component. I mean, everybody wants, but we all deserve it too. Yes. Yeah. And it is our birthright. It's our natural state. So that's actually one of our um, sayings in super wellness is that super wellness is your birthright. It's your natural state. The truth about our health and well-being is so much more empowering and simple than we've ever been told. It's just that, you know, a lot of these things, nobody can make money off of it right? There's not big profits because these are all free, simple, accessible self-care tools that everybody can have access to. So we're not going to see TV commercials reminding us to take a few deep breaths. We're not going to see TV commercials reminding us, hey, maybe you should turn off the television and take a nap or go outside and spend some time in nature, right? So I love it's my work in life, and I'm so honored to share this journey with you, Steve, to, to empower everybody to realize just how simple and accessible health and well-being is for everybody. So to stay connected, um, superwellness.com is a website that's dedicated to, to the book and all the related programs, like the retreat is on there. My six-week super wellness course is on there. We have a quick 30-day challenge where every day you just spend five to 10 minutes with me to supercharge your energy. And people are telling us that they feel at least 30% better energy on a consistent everyday basis by doing simple little self-care to kickstart their day. So I'd love to share all these kinds of goodies with you. And if you're interested in more talking about the frontiers of human possibilities, my podcast is called The Dr. E Show. We've interviewed Wim Hof and a lot of other superheroes from all around the world, some very well-known, some should be more well-known, so I'm excited to be part of getting them out there. So the dreshow.com is a good place to kind of portal into all the various platforms that the, the podcast is on. And on social media, if you just look up Dr. Edith Ubuntu, because Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan is a little bit long, look up Dr. Edith Ubuntu and you'll find me there. I'd love to keep the conversation going. Awesome. Well, I look forward to listening and hearing and maybe even experiencing some of your, your work. Uh, I appreciate you very much, your time, your energy, uh, and the love which you shared with us today. Yeah, they thank you so you. much, Steve. It's, you are amazing. I'm such a huge fan of your work, especially after this rich conversation. I'm so grateful that you exist on the planet. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Hi, friends. Did you love that interview? If you did, please leave a review and share with all your friends so that many more people can benefit from these game-changing insights. You can also go onto our website, dredithubuntu.com, and subscribe to our newsletter, where you'll receive free trainings and next-level ninja tools that we only share on our newsletter. Together, let's turn your life into a brilliant masterpiece.